Hello. <laughs> You're live. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we're live. And we're You're really ready. prepared and ready today. Yes. So prepared. So prepared. <laughs> As always, you guys, this is what you love about us, right? <laughs> well thought <laughs> out. We're we're diligent and we're super structured. Well, we before the show. <laughs> With our teeth brushed. <laughs> Air is brushed. <laughs> oh. um, I, can I start on like a kind of horrible note? Is that okay? Like, of course. We've got oh. the whole show to take it up. <laughs> we're going to start low and then we're going to go high. It's <laughs> great. It's like, well, that's a good place actually. Like the expectations can be real low then. So go ahead. <laughs> So I woke up to a text message this morning from my kid's school district that there's no school today because of the TikTok, the viral TikTok threats. I heard something about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, so they canceled school. They it's canceled such, school. Okay. Yeah. This is such a weird... Do you think it's like... I don't know. I get so, so legitimate. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, where, like, how do these things start? Like, who's doing them? Yeah. Who, <laughs> who are well, the TikTok I mean, people? I don't know. But it's not just on TikTok. It's also on Snapchat, apparently. Because my kids oh. were like, they, like, I think it was started on TikTok, but then it moved to Snapchat. Um, yeah. I just don't remember school ever being closed for <laughs> anything other than really bad snow. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's one of those things that's like, can just bring me real low real quick. Cause I'm like, man, are these the times that we're living in? It's just, I don't even <gasps> know how to process My is on here, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yay. We're on here live, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> you got called um, out. So anyway, yeah, it's just, it's, it's pure insanity. And I feel like our kids have to deal with way more than we ever had to deal with before. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like this generation is like, how, how do we even raise them? <laughs> because I, I don't even know how to, as an adult process these things. I know. I know. Robin says, yeah. nice to meet you. Robin's actually a police officer in Canada. So she deals with this stuff all the time. And for the people who don't know what we're talking about, there were viral, viral threats on TikTok yesterday about um, school shootings. It's like, I guess all week long, there have been threats like December 17th is the day. Um, and most of the threats were just general, right? They weren't targeting a specific school. But then um, I guess last night our school had a targeted threat overnight mm -hmm. or something. I don't know. Um, but it's hard because they don't know who, where it's coming from or if, you know, if it's legitimate or whatever. So. Yeah. And yeah. And you have to respond in some way. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense. That's crazy though. There were a lot of parents who were planning on not sending their kids to school today. Yeah. I was kind of seeing that going around on Facebook too. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the low note that we're starting on. Yeah. That's but hey, I get my kids home for the day, and um, that's always fun when you work from home. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jess, um, and I've lost track of time. I think it's been a week. It's Friday. 
No, I know. But like, when did I start this? I think it's been a week uh, last last week. So we don't do school on Fridays. Wait, you have no school Friday. We don't school do school on Fridays. The idea was to go on field trips on Fridays, but we haven't done a lot of that yet. <laughs> so, so I don't know. <laughs> right now, it's like no school. But um, last Wednesday, I was like, man, forget this. We're taking Christmas vacation now. So we're taking like a four-week Christmas vacation. I think that's great. I'm... I mean, there's not a lot of learning that gets done around the holidays anyway, in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Sitting and watching a video in every single class you go into is not exactly learning. It's babysitting, which is, believe me, I'm very grateful for it. Right. But I don't like, you know, and we've talked about this a lot on this show before. Mm -hmm. When you're homeschooling, you don't have to have as many hours in the classroom as you do when mm -hmm. you're in person, you know, going to like regular public school, because right. a lot of school is crowd control <laughs> crowd control corral the cats right? <laughs> i mean and dealing with other things that come up like you know threats against the school like as a homeschooling right. you don't have to deal with that so that i mean that takes right. you know way less time the actual education part of school is much shorter than the amount right. of school right yeah so we're we're learning other things which all revolve around um house organization which you will so love <laughs> are you baking also i feel like there's a lot when like when my kids were younger and we were home a lot during around the holidays because they were in private school and they had these massively long christmas breaks um we did a lot of baking there's a lot of baking <laughs> yeah there was intention to do a lot of baking but we haven't done a lot of it yet i think next week is going to be the week for a lot of that yeah yeah. Do you know what I like? Here's a little hack, Allison. Instead Please of doing me. the gingerbread houses like in the kit, you can mm -hmm. actually make gingerbread houses out of, um, uh, no, <laughs> you make the royal icing and um, graham crackers. Graham so crackers. You do a lot of graham cracker houses because it's a little bit more creative, right? Mm -hmm. You're not following the box direction, but it's also you don't have to make the gingerbread. So you do the graham crackers instead. And it, the, since they're so, um, light they don't like fall down as easily like the yeah. royal faster yeah i've actually been thinking about doing that and we've been <laughs> we've been as a family watching a lot of the show lego masters so they're all in this building kind of mindset so i have i have sort of my own agenda to make a huge thing with <laughs> graham crackers and icing with them it's gonna be fun it's gonna yeah. be awesome yeah all right. Should we talk about the other topic we were going to talk about today? Which Yes, this is going to be such a good topic because I think we have very different perspectives. So I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Totally, totally do. I feel like yours is right, even though a perspective can't be right. But I, like, <laughs> if you're following this and you want a perspective on the next thing we're going to talk about, you should take Alice because it's way more positive than mine is. <laughs> You so want to give a little what's <laughs> I was gonna say, do you want to give a little introduction or was that about what you were about to say to me? <laughs> I was gonna say, do you want to talk about the horrifying study that I shared with you that prompted this conversation? <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> so correct me if I say anything that wasn't accurate, but my understanding of it is there was this study that was done, and I saw this briefly, but honestly, the picture itself, I like, I can't look at this. <laughs> right. So just a heads up, we're going to talk about animal cruelty in the name yeah. of science in the next 30 seconds. So if that is going to upset you, mute us and then come back. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's um, very 
<laughs> but it's so, a bigger topic, which is really a fascinating topic. Which is a which is what we're going to dive into today. We're going to keep building this up and not actually say what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this study. Were they rats or were they mice? They were rats. They were rats. There was a study done to basically see how long a rat will tread water. Um, and they put them in water. And before giving up and drowning. Before giving up and drowning. So they put them in water. And the I, so initially they let them do it for a while and then they pulled them out, correct? No, initially yeah. they did it to see how long they would tread water for and then let them drown. So they needed like to know oh. how long they needed the period of time first. Mm-hmm. So that's the hor- that's the horrifying part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's I, I think I misunderstood how you how you sent it to me then. So I thought that initially well, they thought that they were going like there was an initial like rescue. So here's also the problem. I looked up the original study because mm-hmm. I saw this as a like a Facebook post, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, is this real? Did this really happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I looked up the original study. And I think there have been, I believe the study was done in many different ways. But I, you know, there was definitely rat drowning involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it turns out that if you, if you, ha- in the instance of the rats, if they believed that they would be rescued from this situation, they could tread the water for an insane amount of time. The right. thoughts so when the, they, when yes. they, didn't, when they, when they just were put into the water and let to drown, they only tread water for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then when they were removed from the water right before they were going to drown and then put back into the water, they treaded water for like a day or so. I mean, it was like an obscene. Like, I think it was like 60 hours. So, yeah. Right. It was like yeah. really, really, really long. Yeah. So the point of the study was that when the rats had hope, they were able to go for much longer. They were able to find something. Now, I in, in this is like deep rat rat psychology here. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it was like a motivational post on Facebook. Like if you have hope, you can survive and withstand a lot more and push yourself a lot further than you ever thought possible. Right. So that's like the, so I sent this to Alice and I'm like, Ooh, let's talk about this tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So here's, here's my question. When they treaded water for 60 hours, did they then drown? Uh, You know, Allison, that was not included in the actual, like, I hope not. Right. I mean, I hope they were fed. How do they have that control time? Like, that's what I, that's what made me cringe so hard about that. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, so are you selling us hope as a motivational action, but then they die anyway? Like, what's the purpose here? Because, and this is what what really spawned my side of of this whole perspective that we'll talk about. Because if, 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 if the idea is hope is like. We're hope with like. By killing an animal. <laughs> well, no, if the idea is like, you just have to, um, you just have to generate this concept of hope. What are you basing it on? Because if in the end, there's nothing being based on, there is no rescue, there is no, like, you're coming out of this situation, then it's all just a fabrication anyway. <laughs> yes, that's right. Right. And it's a tired, tiring fabrication. Right. 
Like if you knew, well, if you had no hope, then you, the rats would have just stopped swimming after like 15 minutes. Right. This is extremely philosophical. And, and you've brought out the philosopher in me. <laughs> so, well, is, so is all hope a fabrication? Is that where you're going with this? Well, this is where I want to know your perspective, because <laughs> I think if hope is a fabrication, I'm done. <laughs> and I've always been this way. I've always been like, I, 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 I really get big picture, like big scope of everything. What is the point of it all? You, I'm not kidding when I tell you I'm a philosopher. And, and I'm also very, very skeptical at the root of everything. So I I'm question, a master skeptic. Yeah. So I, I question everything. <laughs> but, but it also drives me to like really dive into things and understand things more and like see see what's out there and have an understanding to create some like like connect myself with reality with the reality of what is because if the reality of what is is literally there's nothing i see no point in this <laughs> so there's there's my well there's I my low I, end of this <laughs> so okay so if you're just joining us the topic is hope and Allison and I are really trying to understand hope. So I am, and Allison knows this from way, way, way back. I am not somebody that has a lot of hope. <laughs> I'd say it's a, it's a feeling I'm not familiar with. Uh, like, what are we hoping for? I don't know. I do have now, well, I do have a lot of depression, which may be connected to the hope um, or lack of hope. I do have a lot of excitement. I feel a lot of excitement about life when like I, there's, and as I was thinking through this hope situation, I, I wondered, do I need hope if I can feel excited, right, about the future? Maybe that is hope. I don't know. Well, I, I have a hard time understanding hope. Mm. But I've also been told by many people that I've given them hope about their homes and their, you know. So that's interesting to me also because I'm not somebody who's fully comfortable or understanding of hope. But I never really thought about it until I started hanging out with Allison. <laughs> oh my and then, and then I ask you lots of questions and you're like, what? <laughs> so my perspective is hope requires an object to hope in or a subject, to, you know, it, it requires like something. A thing, right. What's the thing? You have a, because my understanding, my my belief is that hope is a trust. It's all about trust. Like if you're going to hope in something, there has to be some kind of thing that you're finding a solid ground in, something that you can trust in. So if you're going to hope, have hope within a relationship, there has to be a trust of um, there's safety here. There's um, there's movement together here towards a betterment. It's For me, hope is like, a trust and a moving towards a better place or a better thing. And I think that that, so you can have that in this current life. Like I have hope that it's possible that my, um, my living space can, can be an environment that I want to be in. Like I, and in this like dimension, I guess you could say, you can have hope towards betterment because I think that's what all of us, like, I think that's part of our DNA is that we're, we all want to move towards those things. So. 
my, but my perspective also is that there has to be more than this dimension because otherwise this dimension doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) 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 So, but my question to you, Allison, is why have hope when you can have knowledge, right? So if I feel very secure that whatever relationships I'm in and whatever, um, things I'm embarking on are going in a positive direction, then I don't need hope. I it's I because I trust in myself. That's not yeah. I, I don't know. Like so if you have trust, do you need hope? Or do you have to have hope until you have trust? I think of trust as like it's like part it's like um it's like the space in which hope has to dwell. So what would I be like that. hold on you guys should write that down trust is the space in which hope has to dwell yeah is that what you because, just said? <laughs> yeah because otherwise what else like it has to be grounded and rooted to something so what would it be rooted to if it's if like you're trusting in yourself um i i mean i and i'm I, I, I believe that this is part of the picture. It's part of, it's like a, it's a whole big picture with a lot of little pieces. So everything that I coach on with people has so much to do with this trust that you build within yourself because it, you know, we're really not conditioned to. So it's something that you can build back and, and um, it's such a crucial element of it, but it's also like, in some ways, there's one more layer to that. Because if all I'm coming back to is trust in myself, that still feels a little bit like loose in the wind. <laughs> like I still need something for that to kind of land on. See, and for me, like trust in myself is like, that's it. Like that's all that I need. Like everything mm-hmm. else falls away then. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about like, I guess where does the... The, the breakdown for me in that is that ultimately, like I have no control over the way in which life goes and life happens. Like, I don't know when I'm going to die. I didn't have any control over when I was born. So these things that are very like, you know, I have to, I, I have to trust in some kind of goodness. Otherwise, I just think like, I'm just like, what am I? I'm just like this vapor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. So you have to have trust, but what about hope? Where does hope fit into that? So hope fits into, so my, my hope fits into my trust in a, a bigger presence of good and love, like ultimate good and ultimate love that is holding all the things that is always moving things towards better. And you can call this the universe. You can call this God. You can call this source. I tend to think that like, we're talking about the same things. It's it's yeah, a, it's so a personal presence. I believe it's a personal presence. So I believe it's a personal presence that is ultimately good and ultimate love. And I don't, I can, I can relax. Like I don't, I don't have to worry about, um, I don't have to worry about the way in which things happen to me. I don't have to hold anything tightly because I I have hope in an ultimate good source that's working for me. But is it hope or is it trust or knowledge? 
I mean, hope to me seems like so open-ended. Like, I just hope this is going to happen. But like, mm. I feel like what you're saying is that you like deeply believe this, like, and belief is beyond hope. Like those rats, did they believe and have trust that somebody was going to save them? Or were they just hanging on to a thin strand of hope and had no idea? I mean, we don't know, obviously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, like, I think that, I think that trust and belief go much further than hope. Mm. I wonder if we're saying some of the same things. Well, I think we are, but we're like, <laughs> <laughs> we're OEDing the, you know, whatever out of this. <laughs> but, the, but the hope element is, I guess like if you I, were to, Why do you need hope if you have trust? Like, that's my big question. Maybe it's, maybe it's the same. Well, how, how this, how would you describe like, Maybe we need to get to a better definition of hope. Okay. Should we open up a dictionary? <laughs> yes. Juliana is absolutely open up a dictionary. <laughs> She's already Googling this for us. <laughs> All right. Can somebody pop the definition of hope, trust, and belief into the comments? <laughs> I do think we use hope flippantly. Like, oh, I hope so. And I hope that works out. And it's kind of this like, I don't know. I guess it depends on words are so funny because it's like, if you were to take out the words and just think of this emotively, how would you, how would we be describing it? Because right. sometimes words themselves can get us like in a tangle. Like what are we doing here? What are we Here's, to do? this is, try this one on. Okay. I, I totally understand and feel hopeless <laughs> way more than I feel hope. I feel trust, but I also will equally feel hopelessness about things. So, so maybe that's a good starting point. Yeah, hopelessness. What what is the hopelessness in reference to? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I I both trust in an amazing future and feel hopeless about the amazing future. I think it's like very confusing <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Right, so we have some uh, in the comments. We do have some definitions pouring in here. Okay, and I believe that this is Denise. Maybe. I think Denise is our Facebook user. Um, I could be wrong, but if it is Denise, thank you. Whoever it is, thank you for looking this up. Hope, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Okay, so there you go. A very specific thing. Like, I hope this is going to happen. And that's like, when we're talking about like universal type things, that seems like way too big for the word hope. Mm. I oh, get it's what you're Wendy. Saying. Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> Trust is firm belief in the character, strength, or truth of someone or something. He placed his trust in me. Okay. Okay. So. <clears throat> and belief is an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. Okay. Feeling so hope is specific. Desire. Trust is a belief in the character, strength, or truth of someone or something. Mm -hmm. Belief, an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. So I when you hope their beliefs are true. <laughs> I mean, uh -huh. right? You either yeah. hope your belief is true or you trust your belief is true. Right. Yeah. More to survive, hope or trust. Yeah. 
feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. It can be used so many different ways, this word. So I feel like I'm getting a little bit murky and like, how are we using it? And if well, you are overusing it, right? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm super curious about just the feeling of hopelessness that you experience. And like, if we could get more specific on that, maybe we could navigate that a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, the feeling of hopelessness that, like, that my depression has been linked to is just that it does nothing matters, right? Like that, like it really, you're like just a speck and none of it matters, and, you know, which mm -hmm. is, I have this like strong dichotomy because I also really believe that a lot of things matter a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that, I mean, but this is also part of, you know, depression is that it's like a, for me, it's like a switch. Like I'm either like, luckily 90% of the time I'm in that good spot where things really matter and, or, you know, I'm excited and whatever. 10% of the time I'm in that low spot where it's like totally hopeless. And so I don't know. I mean, that's like a mental health issue probably. <laughs> no, that's just like your brain being a human well, <laughs> because I, our feelings always come from our thoughts. Right. <laughs> so if it's coming from the thoughts of like, if when it makes that switch and it moves into the thought of like nothing matters and like everything is pointless, that's just some very, I mean, that's, it's just a very, common place for our brain to go because the the if we're again me and maybe this isn't you but maybe for, for me it's always like goes to the real big picture so like nothing matters sounds like huge big picture to me like are we talking about right. life are we talking about my life are we talking about the world are we talking about the space of time that the entire universe is in you know like <laughs> that's where i go <laughs> so yeah, no that's where i go too yeah yeah so for me I, whenever I move to that place in my brain, then I, I come back to a grounding and I, I believe there's a bigger presence outside of all this that is working it for a direction of good and it's to benefit me as well. And that moves my thoughts into a space of, of trust. I can trust in that, which then gives me like a way to feel some kind of hope. Does that make makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean that really does make sense. Um, it's not the direction that I go, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it totally makes sense. I mean, yeah. if if I didn't have that, I would be talking exactly how you're talking, because I do go into those places regularly. I mean, I regularly do that, where it's like all of this is deadness, all this is emptiness. <laughs> I mean, I do that, but but I. I wouldn't, I guess it gives me like a different set of thoughts to look at, which changes the way I'm feeling in my system. And if I didn't have those different set of thoughts to look at, then I would be like, just, I don't know what I would do. I, I would probably stay in that space most of the time. Well, I mean, the way that my thought patterns typically run is, you know, I don't think about this bigger picture and like the bigger reason and the bigger, all of this stuff because it gets too overwhelming for me. But then I do get to a point where I convince myself that while I sort out that stuff in the meantime, might as well make the best of the being here right now. Right. Like mm -hmm. whether or not I have hope in a greater, bigger thing, 
doesn't matter because I still have this stuff here that mm -hmm. I can do my best, like my best, I can make it the best that I can. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get that. In the meantime, mm -hmm. <laughs> hope aside, um, you know, I can trust that I'm going to still go out of my way to make this really good when I'm the 90% of the time that my brain is functioning in that space. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So, so it's just like you move yourself out of that space when it's like, okay, I'm the set of thoughts you turn to is I'm, I'm not going to solve this. This isn't for me to solve right now, but right over here, I can have this really amazing existence. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So Robin says, do we not sometimes get consumed by the noise and have to ground ourselves to come back to the reality? Yeah. Maybe that is what it is. The noise, like you're just consumed by the noise and you mm -hmm. dwell in it and then got to pull yourself back because this is what's happening right now. And we do have, um, like all of us have specific kind of wirings inside of us that have, make us have tendencies towards one thing or another. And the, the one space of like really thinking deeply and often about, you know, these huge, big unknown answers in life and in, in, in all of existence, some people do have that. It's, I, I'm starting to work in human design. And so I think I have this also. <laughs> Not everybody does. So it would make sense why, you know, it's a place where you have a tendency to to kind of fall back into. And I get that space also. And our brain doesn't like unknowns. And that's the biggest unknown that there is. Um, I just booked a consultation for a human design thing. Yeah? Oh, <laughs> so we have so much fun to talk about. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> Do you want to share what human design is? <laughs> so human design. Oh, I, I oh God. Know. It's like this whole thing. That it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's. I mean, I, I feel like it's like next level for like personality kinds of tests and things that you do, but it, right. it totally is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it brings in some astrology and some like, like what was the energy of the planetary system when you were born and like how that fits into how you were made and stuff. So it's this whole graph basically on your body that tells you, um, information about yourself. Like in the the most the the most uh, broad spectrum part about it is that you have all these spaces like you have your mind space and you have your heart space and your identity space and a sacral and solar plexus and all these areas and within these areas if it's defined meaning it's filled in then you have a very specific energy in that area like that's your energy to kind of put out into the world and if it's open or empty, that is um, places where you've had, a, um, you've been very susceptible to conditioning. So people telling you what you should feel, people telling you what you should think about yourself, people telling you what you should do, all those kinds of stuff. I have like almost all empty spaces, <laughs> which, which everything makes sense now about my life. <laughs> a lot of conditioning. <laughs> yeah, so much conditioning. But once you decondition those things, it's actually super magical because you're uh, one of the people that are able to see all the things in that area. Like you don't have just a specific energy that you're moving in. You're actually able to hold like all the energies, but, but it, there, it requires a lot of like energetic boundaries of yourself too. So that's a lot of the process, but 
you're one person who I know that, and this is like, I'm just going to throw this out there, who is religious and also uh, energetic. Like you, you bring the two together. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> most, I find that most people are on one, like are either see the world, th- like to see their energy through religion, through their religion and their beliefs, or mm-hmm. kind of don't pay attention to any religion and are all about like spirituality and energy and all like it, it seems to be a divide in my mind i mm-hmm. see it all very much together and i think so do you which is mm-hmm. fascinating well it's a newer development for me because um I, I grew up really conservative christian and um the thing that i didn't that i didn't have any grasp on was that i worked so much within my thoughts in that structure and my feelings are really like i i'm a i am a deep, deep feeler. And I couldn't make sense of so many things with that, just in like the way that I was given the information before. Not that there was anything like wrong or bad or like, there was nothing like that. It was just like how I personally interacted with that information had so much uh, like processing, like problems with it. So then when I learned a lot more, the therapy taught me feelings, <laughs> right? <laughs> but then coaching taught me like how you bring all of it together and how you really take ownership of all of it. So I lean hard into my feelings and I have noticed, especially like learning all these things as it just keeps getting more and more expansive and what I'm learning, but the energy stuff, it just makes so much sense to me. And it all like, fits together. It's just how, how you're picturing, like the illustrations you have in your mind and the way you, you see things is so, um, it's so unique to each of our own experience. And so I've really let myself see my experience and like, look at the information in this very, I'm, I'm an artist too. So I have, I really need to see things and picture it. <laughs> and once I moved out of this space of being like, life is linear and it looks like this and you go here to here to here to here. And then it's this, once I finally was like, forget that, <laughs> like come into this space where I can feel all the pieces of life and how they work inside of me and how they're working inside of other people and what my ownership is. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of just like how a lot of it's come together. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. I mean, I always see the connection between all of it. Like it's just different labels that we put on everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and if you can let go of those labels, which are very conditioned into us, mm-hmm. you can see the, you, I think that you can see how like, there's a lot of parallels between different belief systems and mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of like, I think labels are really helpful like when I first, just as an example, when I first got into therapy, I started learning all these labels like gaslighting and narcissists. And, like, and I was like, oh my gosh, codependency that my life makes sense now. So I think it's really useful to kind of be like, oh, this is, this is data. This is like information of how I can see this thing that I, so I can separate and I didn't know totally understand it before. But then you can get to a point where you're like, I don't have to just go back to the labels. I can, it's almost like, I really like using the idea of like, if we were to just scratch the words right now, how would this like emotively work inside of me? Like what am, how am I relating to this? Because that's like the spiritual side, right? That's, that's where it doesn't have to be so certain and clear and specific with our brain and the words and how we're labeling it all. There's, There's like this, layer of that's the energy and the spiritual side that it can be it's a really really powerful 
wisdom space. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Yeah. I feel like we talked about so much already. We're only 35 minutes in here. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite area of conversation. I know. (laughs) I I don't know. I I have a lot of favorites, but this one I get really passionate about. (laughs) Um, Can I ask you a personal question? Of course. Yeah, I asked you that knowing that you were going to say yes. <laughs> so when you think about um, like the greater force, what mm-hmm. term, what label do you have for that? I use God. Yeah. I, 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 I had a hard time with it for a while because I, because I had, um, there was a, a, like a big chunk of my life where um, I just, I had all these feelings and I didn't understand them and I understand them now. Now I realize I didn't feel safe with the idea of God. Um, I actually had this, um, this point of time where I was purposely trying to create new um, thoughts that I could put in the direction of God that doesn't have anything to do with like, he's this, mean monster in the sky. Like it was purposely over. Maybe that's not true. Maybe that's my conditioning. Maybe these are the things that are true. And what would I, how would I relate to him, to God, if I thought these things. And so I, I incorporated tapping with it. Cause I remember a few times being like, I could feel the instant like terror that would come into me. And then I'd be like, I am safe with God. I am safe with God. And that was really a big turning point for me actually, because that was like a like a retraining myself to think I can interact with this, with this person in a way that's maybe more true at most likely more true based on everything I know with about just even people <laughs> and how we interact with each other. If I start looking at it that way, then what, how would I be in that presence? Um, so for a little while I used the word love or source. Um, but I'm, I'm good again with God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good again with it, but it, but always felt the same. It always felt like the same, this is the same presence that's here with me. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that like, it makes everything have a totally different layer to it because I don't feel alone. And I don't believe that it's my imagination. I believe there really is this presence right here with me. And it really is ultimate love. I agree with you entirely on that. Mm -hmm. So funny. I love how we like come in different (laughs) directions, but like, I really think like we feel a lot of the same things. We do. I don't use the term God very much, but I use the term mother earth. That's my like connection. Mm-hmm. I also prefer like the feminine. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting thing because I would have felt so like blasphemous to me early in my life to ever consider that. But now like I've had a lot of other good, incredible input from, from theologians, Christian theologians. And it's the thing is like the, from the Christian perspective, man and woman were made in God's image. Like it took two, two sections to, uh, and types to reflect this one being, which means there is feminine in it, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, of course. 
makes sense now. And in one of my first, um, I'll, I'll share something like really, that was like a really special thing for me. I had, um, I have a, a very good friend who uses essential oils to help you create, like she creates custom blends. She does these, um, she does like a, com uh, a meet with you to kind of see a lot of your stuff and like what you deal with. And then she creates a custom blend for you. And then that blend is help it, you use it to kind of tap into this very spiritual like experience for yourself. Um, she, it's like hacking. <laughs> she like thinks of it like hacking your, your system. So she, she did this for me. And I remember like I, I used it one time and I was like, it was, it was, at night, all the kids were in bed. I was by myself. I was just like sitting by the window, looking outside. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to be totally open here. Like what, you know, I'm, I'm open to you being here. I'm open to you talking to me. What do you want to say? And at that very moment, my daughter came in, it was like late at night. Like she'd already been upstairs for a long time. And she, cause she couldn't sleep. And she came, she came right in and she crawled right up in my lap. And I was like, oh my gosh, God is my mother and wants me to climb right up in his lap. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm using both those things there. But like, that was like, it was almost like instant, like, oh my gosh, like that was so, so powerful to me. I, I will never forget that. And, and so I've used that as a reference point very often of like, actually, this is what it feels like in this human experience that we have, like, just look at our human experience, right? Like how, how we are as a parent, how, how we relate to the people that we love. This is the reflection of like a bigger story of the same. This is what it yeah. looks like. So I, 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 I find so much tangible stuff, but also like, like all the connections to all those things all the time. I'm like, yeah, it's this, this is the story. I love that, Allison. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to let you know that I've invited Robin to come live with us. <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> just a heads up if somebody pops on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> Oh, and my mom is listening. <laughs> this is like a family. Wow. Hi, mom. Great. Also, I love your coffee mug. That oh is my just gosh. making me so happy. Me too. It's my favorite one. It's so beautiful. <laughs> okay. Let me just tell Robin what to do here. Just click the link. <laughs> this is exciting for me because I haven't seen Robin in a very long time. This She's is so fun. I know. <laughs> what's your, how, what's your, how do you, how long have you known each other? Okay. So we've known each other for, um, not that long, actually. Uh, me, like we've known of each other for a last, maybe like 10 years, but we've been very good friends for like maybe the last five years. Um, so Robin and I, oh, <laughs> she has to down, download Chrome. We, um, we vacate, we have like this kind of timeshare type thing mm -hmm. in Lake Placid and she's in the same interval that her family is in the same interval that my family is. So we see each other four times a year up until lockdown. Mm -hmm. So Robin lives in Canada and the Canadians have been unable to cross the border. So mm. yes. Yeah, so that's been very difficult because, you know, like when you meet somebody like mm -hmm. me and you, Allison, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the soul sister type mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, awesome. 
So, oh, here's Robin. <laughs> Hold on, I'm adding you to the stream. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't get to use my computer, so I'm using my phone. <laughs> That's okay. Everything's backwards on here, so if you go to the left, you really go right. <laughs> yeah, this is, I'm feeling like, okay, here. <laughs> Hi, Robin. How are you, Allison? It's nice I'm to meet good. you. It's nice to meet you too. You know, listening to the two of you, uh, you know, can only bring smiles, I think, because just the energy that you kind of like, it just radiates out and, mm. you know, the giggling. And I always tell Jess all the time, I'll be like, you like, you laughing all the time. And I'll be, <laughs> I was just at Home Depot and I was tuned in and I was like, I need this cable, like 70 meters, come on. And then I was like, <laughs> He knew I was so distracted. And then I was like, life, hope, trust. And I, just... I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that juxtaposition picture there. <laughs> Cable. <laughs> in Home Depot, doing the life thing. And also like. I didn't life. know you had Home Depot in Canada. <laughs> I can't hear you ladies very well. I don't know if there's something. Oh. Turn your volume up on your phone. I, nope, I now we can't did, see you. Jess. <laughs> Smarty pants. <laughs> oh, 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 maybe I had too many things open. I don't know what's going on. You seem louder now. <laughs> oh, I do seem louder. Maybe there was too much noise. <laughs> 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 so Allison was asking about our like relationship history, Robin. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. You know, when you meet somebody and you like, just know that you're like meant to be best friends with them. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Time can pass. And it's like, time doesn't pass with my relationship with Jess. And mm. it's like, we just pick up and it's like a special connection. So, yeah, you know, uh, like her, her daughters are older than, than my kids, but like, we just, we connect and, you know, they're kind of, kids are kind of growing up, right. And we're trying to like adapt to all of what's going on in their lives and demands and expectations and their, you know, they, and as a parent, you think, okay, my, like, what do I know about TikTok or, you know what I mean? I don't <laughs> about TikTok. You know what I mean? And if they consume themselves in it. Right. Yeah. And I'll be like, I don't want to watch that. But then sometimes you have to be like, okay, I'll watch it because it's important to them. Right. Yeah. That's so. right. I just put time limits on my kids' TikTok accounts so that they time out after 20 minutes because that's it's awesome. It's easy to just go boom, boom, boom. I mean, you uh, never really hours. I know. Look at I had to, I ran and I got myself a tea because <laughs> I wanted to show you guys what I have. Okay, I, everything's backwards. Police officer on the go. So. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So Robin's a police officer, which is also super fascinating. That is awesome. Yeah, it's it's uh, 20 years now, actually, Allison. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, good for you. That is awesome. Do you have any insight into the hope and trust and belief as a police officer? You know, I think that when you're talking about so many divides and we have these perceived barriers and, you know, you have people that are like, yeah, rah, rah. And they're really supportive of police and law enforcement. And then there's like a whole other population that, you know, have had probably an experience mm -hmm. in their life and it has left them traumatized. And, you know, it's trying to, you know, build back trust and peace 
that we are, we're not out, we're not, it's not personal, like something's happened and we've had to react to it. I have some women that I support. Um, it's like a big sister and it's a woman's group home and many of the women in there, and they range from their 20s to like into their 60s, but a lot of them have got varying degrees of mental health. Some of them have had some pretty, pretty traumatizing experiences within law enforcement because of paths that they have taken in their life. But I have, and it was just, it was really by fluke. It was a death investigation and I was one of the officers to attend for that investigation. And I stayed there like all day and broke down this like massive wall that was up and how they perceived police. And mm -hmm. now they, they are like, like this one woman, just one girl, she's in adult education. She's trying to graduate. She's from an indigenous background, indigenous background. And she writes an, an essay about who inspires me most. And it's Sergeant Robin, it's Sergeant Robin. She refers to me as Sergeant Robin. Oh. And it just, she wrote to it, she wrote it to me and she's an assignment at school, but she sent it to me and I was like, oh. I was sobbing because I could only feel like I felt every part of it, like her writing of how important, like, yeah, she's going to be with me forever and ever. And like her, her perception of it now is like only this way. Right. And that is yeah. that I'm in her circle. So. I love that you love break that. down barriers with personal interaction. And I think that that's like the biggest thing that's missing from all of the mm -hmm. conflict in our world today. You know, it's so easy to just go online and say something horrible and it's anonymous or semi-anonymous or to follow one narrative. And But when you actually talk to somebody else and have a different experience with an individual, it can change absolutely everything. And I love that that's what you do, Robin. That's incredible. You have to take time. And I think you get, you get so caught up in, oh my God, we got to go to this call and then the next call and then the next call. And you look at like the queue and it's like, and it's like one domestic after another domestic, after another person in crisis or an emotionally disturbed person call. And it's just, you feel like it's just like you're going from one to the next. And sometimes you need to slow down and you need to help, like you need to stay there and be like, okay, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. And this is how I'm going to help. Because at the end of the day, we are, um, we are sometimes the only advocates for these people. We are the ones that are going to be there to be able to make change. And I think sometimes we, in my circle of people, forget that about how impactful we are to our community and just staying there for five minutes longer or just asking them about their life or you know how can we help you oh you can't drive down to the you know center for addiction and mental health no problem how about i drive you there you know what i mean like we have all the we're in the driver's seat for so much help and resources and i think people are crying for resources and sometimes we're their only avenue to get them that help and it's trying to change a mindset that i mean we're not social workers but Heck, we're social workers because that's what we're doing, right? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of social issues. Yeah. Police officers deal with a lot more things than I thought. Police. Like when I was growing up, you know, I'm like, oh, you arrest people. Like, you know, like you have like one idea. But like, actually, it's like so much bigger than that. Yeah. And I think hope and trust falls in such, it goes hand in hand. And they hope that 
you know, oh, I hope the police are going to treat me okay. And then they trust in us to make the right decision. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, some, and we're, we're trying to, like, we, we don't know, we're not in your circle. So it's like, okay, like, am I arresting you? Or maybe we're not arresting you today and we can work through this together. You know what I mean? It's, if the authorities are there and sometimes we're mandated, but I feel like we have so much um, discretion that we really mm-hmm. need to exercise that. And it's not about just getting a stat. Do you understand? Like, mm-hmm. it's more than that. If I could educate you maybe to change and maybe this is, you know, something that you can do and I can help you through that, then great, you know. But hope and trust is such a big thing, whether it extends to your personal life or professionally, you on this capacity that you guys, you gals are out there and building hope and trust for so many people. Don't you love Robin? <laughs> I do. Can we be best friends too? <laughs> oh, Jess, can I like just take your hair and put it on my head? <laughs> you have like good hair going today. I told you I didn't look very good. I was like, I'm freshly oh. showered because I was rushing to get onto this call with Alice. <laughs> I know when it came up on my phone, I was like, ooh, I, I want to listen. <laughs> I love it. I love that that thought that people think, Ooh, yummy. <laughs> when you're gonna come on. I love that. I, know. I love your message like about the, the show with the... no name. You don't know what you're going to expect. Right? <laughs> you don't know what you're going to expect. <laughs> you know, like, what are we talking about today? You've gone know, from like rats drowning to religion, to hope and trust. <laughs> we yeah, covered all. My religion is obviously pretty I mean it's off on another path right so oh my gosh Robin do you want do you feel comfortable sharing your religious like journey with us because I find that also from my perspective super fascinating but you don't have to yeah you know what I just people have understandings and beliefs because of things that they've seen or they've heard and you know so I grew up I, I went to a Baptist church growing up and I wasn't super faith. My parents were not super religious. We would go kind of on holidays. Actually, my dad never went. My parents separated and then divorced. But my mom, we would go just on Christmas or an Easter and like special days we would go. And then my I um, got married and I married into a very different faith. Um, and I was not required to convert in order to get married. Actually, I embraced it on my own, Allison, because... I felt like this was a journey, a new journey that was so exciting and that it has just, it's been so amazing. Like, I can't tell you, like, I'm so grateful and to be part of such a beautiful faith. Um, so I've converted to Muslim um, and I'm actually Ismaili. And if you ever Google up Ismaili, you'll hear about the Aga Khan. Um, he's our spiritual leader. He lives in France. He's very much, so we don't read out from the Quran at all. And he re, he recites what they called farmans. And it's about doing good in the community. Don't engage in bad things. You know, educate your your children. And it talks about a lot of, you know, good paths to take, you know, and, and to stay strong within your faith, um, to give back to your community. And... It's been an incredible journey, you know, for someone who never grew up in the faith. I only, I had to learn a six part prayer. It's in Arabic and I, I don't know Arabic. Right. And we don't speak Arabic in our family. We only thing we say is our prayer. 
And, and that's, and that's, it's, that's it. And that was pretty exciting to learn that. And then I was, um, I was offered an appointment as similar to like a, um, a minister, like a lay minister. I was appointed, um, in 2019 in charter in, in, and it's for a year and you have to go like five times a year for special services. And it's just for women and it's to empower women and, you know, say special blessings. And it's like a special day to support and empower and embrace our women within the community, our, our faith. Mm-hmm. And otherwise we all go together, but that was something pretty incredible for me in my journey of through going in the faith. And this was like nine, 10 years after being con- converted. And people will look at me like, oh, you're like, you know, the white girl. But then now they don't, I like, they embraced me like, wow, here you are and you're here. And like, I don't see myself as any different and that I feel like I've been a part of it my whole life. Hmm. It's, that's it's so an incredible beautiful. journey. Yeah. And I got, we have a, a like Olympic games for a smileys. It's similar to the Olympics. It goes on um, every two years. So in 2016, I got kind of parachuted. So I played competitive volleyball. I used to play at the world police games and then inter- I played in my school for study. And then I got parachuted to Dubai to play on the Canadian team for the Ismaili games. And it was like, they were like, wow, we, we need you on, we need you on our team. You played at this level. Like we need you on the team. And then I was like the co-captain and I knew nobody. And they were all like from all over Canada, but none of them were from Toronto. And then I was like, and they were all like, ophthalmologists, um, psychologists, they were all like professional people. And I just sat there and I would listen to them and they were like, yeah, surgeons. And they were all on this team. We were all on this volleyball team. And I'm like, I'm the police officer. And you know what I mean? I, and, and I just, yeah, they made me feel like super special. It was pretty exciting. You just never know where your religious journey is going to take you. Yeah. And there were a lot of other like people at the games that were, that had converted like a lot of other from different faiths, West Indies and, and um, um, you know, a lot of like um, Caucasian people that had converted to the faith and it was so remarkable. It was just like, and it's all about, you know, pluralism, right? And embracing pluralism and embracing, you know, everybody and you're not gonna be discriminated. So, and if you choose to take the path, then there you go. It's so beautiful. Thank you for and sharing all that. You're welcome. And I get to wear like a sari and, you know, like I'm almost five foot nine, so I can like wear it pretty good. Like I can't put it on, but, you know, I have to go to like an auntie or somebody, one of the Indian ladies, hello, you need to help me put this on. <laughs> so they like wrap me up and, and set me out on a, on a pot, like on, on, yeah. Can you take it off? It's hard. <laughs> There's a lot of pins and it's just a lot of fabric, right? Like if you've ever seen like an Indian outfit, it's very elaborate and very bright and very like full of life and, mm. and it's so intricate. And uh, yeah, I have like a number of outfits that I, my husband has got me and I've paired and yeah, they're, but they're really beautiful. I love wearing them. It makes me feel very like, you know, I don't know, it just makes me goddess. Feel, yeah, mm. it makes you feel like a goddess, and you're just like, oh, it feels so, and it's so heavy. But anyways, well, I, but I was really blessed <laughs> because just like she accepted that, like you know, it's it's how do I say this? Like people have these perceived beliefs and understandings 
from a certain faith and they've seen certain things that have been very traumatizing. But our faith is not like that. It's not like that. It's very westernized. In fact, we have so many places of worship in America. It is like unbelievable. And anytime we go away, Allison, to the, to the United States, we always go and we put our hotel, we always book a hotel close to the place of worship. So, because we want to be there and we, we go there, we're very regular. So, and it's, we love to meet people. And there's a lot of meditation in, in it also, which is so scientifically based. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of meditation. So this morning, the children, my husband and I, we woke up at 4 a.m. And we drove to our place of worship today and we went to meditate. We meditate. Um, we were about 4.30 to 5 and then lights come on and we say our prayers and then we come back home about just before 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we do that in the morning. My husband goes seven days a week. So he's a doctor. Um, he's a coroner actually. So he deals with dead bodies every day. But And he also does addiction. So when you think about hope and trust, I extend it to my husband's life, work life too, about saving lives and seeing, helping people get off, you know, drugs so anyways he he prays every day and then my kids we go on the like we try to go like I work shift work so I go when I can wow so so there is there is so much there that was so cool well thank you thank you for letting me share a regular guest on our show (laughs) I'm like why did you bring her in 15 minutes still I know I'm sorry and I was like Oh, like I said, I was at Home Depot, but I just, I felt like I needed to. No, I mean, like, I why not like sooner? I needed to see Jess, and Allison, you're always a, a bright sunshine, oh. but, you know, I needed to see Jess, and, you know, she's. Well, you're going to need to come back on with more than 15 minutes. Yeah. There's so much about your, your personal story, Robin, that is just so fascinating, and we could just, I mean, make so many episodes out of it. No, I thank you for what you're doing. I think it's really special and it's meaningful what you're doing and what you've created and helping people in your journey. Jessica and I, like I used to work with in our seniors and I used to work a lot with hoarding. Um, so Jess and I really like connected on that level because she's, you know, a clutter coach and she, you know, would help people with, you know, organization. And so I always would, feel very inspired. Like I used to do it a lot with my work as a police officer, breaking down, like helping people and getting Red Cross or, you know, getting someone to get out of like a a really bad situation, Mm -hmm. but they don't see it as a bad situation. They just see it as this is their normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is my protection. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) On the go. (laughs) We are out of time, unfortunately, but Robin, we will schedule to have you back because again, so much, like so much to talk about here. It's just, thank you for what you do. You're amazing. Yes. It's, it's really, really important what you're doing and how you're doing it. So thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And that, um, that means a lot. That means a lot. Just given the climate and given what we're dealing, the Mm -hmm. world that we're living in right now and. You know, it's tough times, but you have to be this light for your people, right? Because people can get caught up in the noise mm-hmm. and the negativity and, and just you got to say, you know what, you are making change every day and, you know, it's creating space for people 
and, and building trust. Be the hope. Bring, building mm -hmm. trust and building hope. Be the hope. That's what you have to do. Be the hope. Can you bring Allison to Lake Placid? Yes. <laughs> yes, I can. Because yes, like, she can. Allison lives like somewhere. I don't know where she lives. Like not Far? anywhere. <laughs> I'm in Ohio. <laughs> You're, oh, I'm going to Ohio. I'm going to oh, Ohio yeah? this week. I'm going to Akron. Oh, it's a Why? little far for me. <laughs> I'm, we're, we're driving to Florida. Hi. Oh, Remember, I can't stop at Allison's house on the way. <laughs> I'm, in Actually, I'm going to see. I'm going quickly. I'm going to see my very dear friends who I met at the World Police Games. She <laughs> was appointed as the first female sheriff in Akron, Ohio, for the first woman in like I don't know, ever. Wow. And she went against three guys, and she is like kicking butt and taking names. I'm telling you, this woman is like, <laughs> she is on. Her name is Candy, Candy Fathery. And we're going to see them. And her husband's nice. a retired deputy. And I just, I have like mad respect for them. And what she's doing down there is unbelievable. You should follow her on uh, Instagram, actually. Will, I will. So cool. But come to Lake Placid because that is our majestic, that is our like magical place, Jess, right? Yeah, we can go hiking. We could take Allison on a hike. <laughs> this sounds like something that we're going to do. We're going to do this. <laughs> we will do this. Yes. It'd be so fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for joining here. us. I love both of you so much. This is the highlight of my day today. Thank you, guys. Me too. All right. All right. All be right, guys. Be the hope. That's the name of our episode today. Yep. We got it. That's it. <laughs> Bye, guys. Be the hope. Bye. Bye. Love ya. Bye. Love ya. Bye.